The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Um, we're going to continue our, our series in, in Mark. We're in chapter 4 this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, please open to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read through the passage for us before we get into it. But uh, the, the words will be on the screen for you to follow along if you don't have a, a Bible on a device or in your as a hard copy in your hand there. So please join with me as we read it this morning. Don't know how you've felt, how you've been impacted by the Gospel of Mark as we've gone through, but my my prayer that as we, I found it challenging and encouraging that today would also be something that challenges and encourages us. So Mark chapter four, and we're going to be looking at verses one through to twenty this morning. A, a parable that no doubt many of us know well. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a 100 times. Then Jesus said to them, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, 
making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. Let me pray. Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We want to acknowledge this morning that your spirit who inspired this word to be written for us is also the one who can interpret it for us. And so we want to ask, Holy Spirit, you would come and be our teacher this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start by talking about the crowds. Up to this point in Mark's gospel, the crowds have been spectators largely. They've been watching on while Jesus has been turning the world upside down. They've seen his miracles. They've witnessed his authority. They've heard his teachings. They've observed. They've spectated. In the parable of the sower, Jesus asks the crowd, how's your hearing? What effect has what I've been doing, what I've been saying had on you? How's your hearing? So as we look at this parable today, the same question should be asked of us who have been journeying through Mark's gospel and have also been witnessing what Jesus has been doing. How is our hearing? The verb to hear is an important one in this section of Mark's gospel. In verses chapter 4, verses 1 through to 34, it appears 13 times. It's used to bracket this parable here in verses 3 and 9. It's a call to hear. It's a call to respond. Jesus is giving a call that people have a right response to him. His words to hear continue past this parable as well. We notice that it happens after the soils, uh, the sower parable has been taught by Jesus. It also happens after Jesus' teaching on a lamp that's put on a stand. It also comes before Jesus talking about the measure. A phrase that we might use today is different to the one that Jesus would use. Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. What we might say today is don't let it go in one ear and out the other. It's a call to respond, a call to action. Once we get past this first word, though, what flows is a story about seed a farmer sows and the soil on which it lands. Jesus tells the parable to the gathered crowd in verses 3 to 9. He then goes on to explain the parable to his disciples and others closer to him in verses 10 to 20. As we go throughout the parable this morning, we're going to look at both of those, uh, the verses that relate to both of those sections together. And let's start with the seed before we move on to the soils. 
seed in farming is is precious. It is good. It has the miracle of life contained within it. Verse 14 explains that the seed is the word. It's the message that Jesus has, the good news of Jesus. We could go further in our explanation to say that the seed or the word is Jesus. Jesus is and brings good news. He is and brings the word, the logos of God to this world. And this parable of the sower is like an explainer of people's responses to Jesus, their response to the word, the message that he brings. There's a call. It'll sort of show us how they have responded already and how they will continue to respond to Jesus. There's a clever subtleness in how Mark introduces this parable, though, in verse 1. You'll notice the word there translated sure. This word literally means soil or earth. The same word is used again in verses 5, 8 and 20. Where are the crowds standing? The crowds normally spectate, don't they? They're in the stands watching others participate. They don't get involved in what's going on, or at least they, they shouldn't. Not so with this parable. We should understand that the crowds standing on the soil are those receiving the word, receiving the message that Jesus is sowing. So the parable is acted, actually being acted out by their hearing. They're participating in it whether they like it or not. It's being acted out in their hearts as they hear what Jesus is saying. We could say that Jesus is both the sower and the seed. Those on the shore listening to him are the soil. The question to ask is what kind of soil best describes their heart's response to Jesus? You might notice there's a crowd gathered here today. So let's make this personal. Wonder how many times you've heard the gospel of Jesus. How many times have you heard the good news? What kind of soil would best describe your response? Friends, we're invited to think about that question as the parable continues. Now, I encourage you to be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit this morning. Maybe you could say to the Spirit of God, show me which soil I am. Let's start in verse 4 with the response of the hard heart. The path is a place where traffic would tread, is where the the farmer would walk down other people to avoid the crop areas. They would walk along the path. 
And the treading of that path would compact the soil down into a hard surface. And so the seed would not penetrate it. It's like crows at school after the kids have gone back from lunch. They come down and they flog the pickings that have been left by the kids because it's just sitting there on the path. The good news of God's gracious love for humanity is easy pickings for Satan when it lands on a hard heart. Maybe when it lands on a heart that has been trampled underfoot. And maybe that's how you feel today. Could even be that you feel trampled on by the church. You've been used, abused or rejected and the result is that even the message of the good news of God's love for you won't sink in. You've got a calloused surface to your heart and the good news can't penetrate. So it just lies there waiting for Satan to take it away. A hard heart could be the result of never having known what it is to be loved or valued by someone. Like that barren patch of earth that even water just runs off. Hearing of God's love for you has no effect on you. Or maybe you've got a hard heart because you've been taught to believe otherwise. You've been taught that God doesn't love you. You've been taught that the Bible is a load of nonsense. You've been taught that Christianity is for weak people. Friends, it hurts to say, but the hard heart needs to be broken. The good news that Psalm 51 shows us is that God will not reject or turn away the brokenhearted. When the hard heart comes to Jesus broken, it finds healing. It finds acceptance. It finds love. Have you had a hard heart towards Jesus? The next response the parable addresses is the response of the superficial heart. The rocky places probably refers to the places where the bedrock is really close to the soil. So there's only a thin layer of soil. When the sun dries the soil out and beats down on the plant, the plant withers because its roots don't go deep enough. They're not nourished from any depth. Faith in the superficial heart is not anchored. Its belief does not go deep. So when things get tough, this heart gives up. When something challenges or questions it, this heart's superficial faith fails. It's because the challenges of life, the suffering that we experience, the persecution, they show faith for what it truly is below the surface. 
Now, I would suggest to us here this morning that a superficial faith could actually be an old faith. It could last for years, given the right conditions. Here's a sobering thought for us. Conditions for faith have been pretty good for churches in the West for quite a while now. Through the 20th century and into the start of this, the 21st century, conditions for the church in the West have been very good, haven't they? We haven't suffered for our faith like other Christians around the world. We haven't known persecution like our brothers and sisters in Asia, Africa, the Middle East and some parts of Europe. And because of this, I suspect that it's possible that superficial faith has been allowed to thrive in countries like Australia. like growing plants in a treehouse, in a greenhouse. Good luck if you're doing it in a treehouse. Maybe you've got a greenhouse up there. Like growing plants in a greenhouse, faith that is only known good times, never hardship, never challenge, can be superficial because its belief in Jesus hasn't needed to be a lived experience. If you suspect your faith might be superficial, maybe you could reflect on a few additional questions. How do you go when conditions aren't to your liking? When there's a bit of turmoil around the place? How do you respond when things are less than perfect? How important is it that you avoid or escape suffering in your life or, or challenge to your stance on something. If this is you, friends, I would encourage you to let the word of God spread into all parts of your life. To reach down deep enough so as to transform your character to redefine who we are, to stretch back far enough to redefine our history, to reinterpret our past and to reach out as with spreading runners and shoots so that it goes before us and our future can grow on it. Friends, if you suspect that you've got a superficial faith, a superficial heart, I encourage you to allow your faith to grow deep into Jesus. No matter what comes against it, if your faith is rooted in the truth of who Jesus is, if you get from Jesus the definition of how you see God, who you see God to be. If Jesus gives you the lens through which you see the world, 
If he is the one that gives you the understanding of who you understand yourself to be in him, then, friends, you'll have a faith that will grow deep. Your faith, you'll have a faith that can see persecution, challenge and suffering and yet still remain. The next response in the parable is the response of the distracted heart. The person with a distracted heart makes the mistake of trying to squeeze following Jesus into the life that they already have. They make their faith compete with their other priorities. The other many things that are competing for their affection. I don't know much about gardening, but I do know that gardens need weeding. I'd even encourage you to to get a patch of soil at your place and plant some, some plants in there and have it be your weeding garden. It is a fantastic thing to, to show us what needs to happen in our own spiritual lives, the need for regular weeding. When you have a new plant growing, you need to weed around it. You need to remove the other things that would compete with it, that would impede its growth, that would choke the life out of it. Jesus highlights as particular dangers, worry, and the economic lie that earning a little extra will satisfy us. These are the things that will choke our faith, friends, and stop us from producing a crop or bearing fruit for his kingdom. Do you have a distracted heart? Are you trying to have faith in Jesus grow and compete with other things as a priority in your life? We know what the end result will be, friends. Jesus makes it very clear. The thorns. The other things that compete for our affections will choke the life out of our faith. Finally, this leads us to the response of the humble heart. The underlined words in in verse 20 and verse 8 appear in the present active tense basically means it suggests it's an ongoing thing, that it needs to continue. To continue hearing, to continue producing a crop. These things are the marks of the good soil. Its capacity to have the seed produce a crop sets it apart from the rocky places and the thorny soil. Both of those heard the word and accepted it, but they failed to produce a crop. So that's what happens when the seed of the good news of Jesus is heard by a humble heart. 
The seed produces a crop. It bears spiritual fruit. It bears gospel fruit, kingdom fruit. In a humble heart, the gospel finds a place where it can be productive and flourish. So the message of, message of Jesus and transforms the life of that person into a place where the fruit of the Spirit grows, where the gospel bears fruit and reproduces. If that's the mark of a humble heart's response to Jesus, does that describe your response today? Do you want it to? That's a that pretty simple but big question, right? Does it describe your heart's response? Do you even want it to? Could we use that as the mark of a healthy church? Does it describe what God's doing here in and through us? Do we even want it to? Friends, the parable of the the sower shows us that God's not trying to cut his losses when it comes to sowing the seed, when it comes to spreading the message of his love for humanity. He's not just looking for good soil. He's not just throwing it there and excluding everything else. It's good news for us, friends. Shows us that none are excluded. The seed goes everywhere. And God wants a crop. Jesus sows his message lavishly on all types of soil. Is that what we do with his message? Which of these types of soil most resembles our own hearts. Are we still hard-hearted towards the message of Jesus? Are we like spectators wanting to just sit on the sidelines and watch others participate? Are we unwilling to step into Jesus' story? and have him transform our lives. Or maybe we're offering only a superficial or half-hearted willingness to step into Jesus' story. Maybe we're not all there. Or are we humbly willing to give up everything to follow Jesus? to do what he has called us to do, to go where he has called us to go. Listen to me, friends. If you have a hard, superficial or distracted heart, you can change how you respond to Jesus. 
you do this simply by acknowledging who you are and what you've been doing before him, just in your own words. It's something you can do right now. You can take a few moments and just speak with him. Maybe you'd say, Lord Jesus, I've had a hard heart towards you. Please forgive me for this. Show me where the hardness has come from and soften it for me. Break me, I pray. Or maybe you need to acknowledge your superficial heart this morning. You might say, Lord Jesus, I can see now that my faith has been superficial. It's been a fair weather faith. It's all been about the good times. Please forgive me of this, Lord. I want my faith to grow deeper. Lord, I truly want you to be the one that defines my life. Work in me, I pray, and transform me, I pray. Or it might be that you need to acknowledge your distracted heart this morning. You might say, Lord Jesus, I've been distracted. I've been trying to live with competing priorities. I've been trying to live with competing affections. And so my faith has only been half-hearted. Jesus, forgive me of this, please. Help me to weed out that which is distracting me from following you wholeheartedly. Friends, we all need a humble heart. We all need a heart that is soft and open to Jesus. And we all need to be determined, committed to allow him to produce a crop in us. And friends, the good news is, if we are, He will do it for us. Jesus is calling us to step fully into his story this morning. How will you respond to his call? Let me pray. Loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you won't leave us as merely spectators. Lord, I thank you for your teachings, the way you use parables to make some of these things clear and timeless so that even today we can look at your word here, Father, and go, wow, which one describes me? Holy Spirit, please show us how we have responded in the past 
and lead us to respond in humility, humility now and into the future. Father, I pray for, for those whom your spirit has been at work this morning. Lord, I pray that as broken hearts are brought to you, that we will truly find love, acceptance. Lord, as superficial hearts and distracted hearts are brought before you this morning, I pray, I know that they will find a father who is willing to transform lives that have been superficial or distracted and to make it good, a place where you long to see fruit produced, a crop, a gospel kingdom crop produced in us as individuals and, Lord, in us as a church. Father, I would I pray that we would be willing for you to do that work in us and that we would be committed to be in a place where the seed flourishes. For the sake of your kingdom, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.